Welcome to LilyPod episode 75, Serial Dating. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Friends, we want to talk today about a concept that we ran into a lot uh, when we were mid-singles, and it's something that is discussed kind of in pejorative terms, uh, and they talk about serial dating. Um, Kathy, what's serial dating? When you date more than one person at a time. Right, or one person after the other. And I think it has kind of a bad rap. I mean, people talk about someone serial dating and you get the sense that they're saying, oh, that person's just dating for fun. They just want lots of scalps on their belt or whatever, and they're not serious. Um, what do you think, Kathy? Is that a, a fair uh, characterization? Well, I really think it depends on the intentions of the dater. So, for instance, I do think that some people are sport dating. I think some people are doing it for fun and they don't want to be serious. And there's some reason for that. Sometimes they might be just fresh out of a relationship and they just aren't ready to be serious, but they want to get to know new people. Um, of course, you know, in intentional courtship, we talk about the importance of healing before you can get really serious about dating. And maybe even perhaps it's best to wait because you might not attract the right partner for yourself if you're out there looking and you're not healed. Yeah. Well, Kathy, I, you know this, but our audience may or may not. Uh, when I first got divorced, uh, you know, from my first wife, uh, I was dating a lot of different people and I wasn't ready to move on to a new relationship. My career and my finances were a mess. Um, you know, emotionally, I was not ready. I mean, I really wasn't ready in any way at that point, um, other than I think my heart was in the right place in some ways. But but I told the women that I dated, look, I'm getting my life together. You know, I don't, uh, I, I'm not really in a position to have a serious relationship right now, you know, maybe down the line a little bit. But I made sure they understood that because I wanted to date and be social uh, and it helped to alleviate the, the pain and uh, loneliness that came from being newly divorced. But I was clear with people that I'm not in this to be serious yet. Well, and as long as you know you can stick with that and you're not going to end up with like the wrong partner or in the wrong situation for yourself because you're not ready to, I mean, cause then you're, you're also being the wrong partner, right? I mean, cause if you're stuck in an old relationship that hasn't healed yet, um, then you're not ready um, to be the right partner either. Uh, I mean, yeah. If you're really anxious about 
getting a new partner, uh, you can be really susceptible, you know, in that space of loneliness to reconsidering, oh, well, maybe this would work, you know? Right, exactly. So I think you have to know yourself. Are you able to make a go at casual dating just for practice and to get to know new people, being really clear about your intentions and then sticking with them? Or do you really know that, you know, you could get attached very easily and that that's not in your best interest? And then for some people like that, it's usually best to wait. But we also don't recommend waiting forever. And we also definitely don't recommend just waiting for healing to happen because it happens with intention and with personal work rather than just over time. I mean, time is part of it, but it's definitely not the only part. You know, one of my former dating partners said kind of proudly, I only date one person at a time. And literally she meant by that, that if we go on one date, we're in a relationship until one of us decides not to go further. And I, I've never really liked that approach. It, it seems like it narrows the field of people you can look for and uh, get to know, you know, if you just have to do one at a time and, you know, there may be someone you're really not that sure about, but you're confident enough to give them another date, but maybe you wouldn't be if you were thinking, okay, I'm exclusive with everyone I date. And, 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 you know, that might work when you're young, but gosh, we're not getting any younger and we don't have endless amounts of time to devote to one relationship that may or may not work out. Now, it does get more complicated when we date more than one person at a time. And that, that, those, that's the con, that's the downside of, you know, this concept of serial dating. I just wanted to mention maybe to clarify, we've been talking about the reasons people might sport date or casually date um, and not get serious or tied down to any committed relationship. But I also want to go to, okay, once you know that you are healed or, you know, healed enough to get out there and consider relationships, then you're in this situation where, okay, I could be committed, but I don't know anyone yet. Or if I know someone, it's shallow and not, you know, en enough depth there to really decide. Right. And so here's the other reason I think people serial date uh, is when they are ready and they do want to make a commitment, they want to find the very best person for them. Right. You know, after my uh, divorce from my second wife, which, as you know, was a very brief marriage, I immediately became involved virtually almost the day it was final with a former girlfriend. And we had a fairly serious relationship. And I'm not sure I was totally ready for that. But that was kind of what worked out at the time. I think you know you weren't. And then we ultimately, right? yes, we ultimately broke up and I, I dated various other people. Uh, including Kathy. And, and, you know, I think there is a temptation like, like we've talked about to think that if someone is 
is dating more than one person, they're a cheater or a player. And I want to read a passage from Intentional Courtship, uh, the book we wrote, about this. And it suggests that uh, sometimes we feel a lot of pressure asking for a date. And so this is what it, what it says. In terms of pressure, it is important not to make a request for a first date into more than it is. It is an invitation to get to know another person for one evening. It is not a marriage proposal. It is not an invitation to be in a relationship. I have heard a lot of women complain about how a man dated uh, them the first time on a Friday and then went out with a different woman on Saturday. That is not disloyal or player behavior unless you have an agreement to be an exclusive couple. You may have been married to a cheater and feel trauma because of that. You have my utmost sympathy, but there is no implied commitment of exclusivity from a first date or even many dates. An exclusive commitment comes when the two parties have had a conversation and both agree to be exclusive. Understanding this should reduce the pressure on both parties for a first date. The asker should not worry that the other person believes he is serious about her. The other person should not interpret the commitment of a date as extending beyond one evening. So uh, this is our philosophy. We believe you can date many people at one time. Now, I wouldn't obviously promise to date more than one person exclusively at a time uh, because that's dishonest. But I think until, you know, you both started to develop some feelings and, and you're ready to, to give up all of the other options for a while and really try this particular relationship on for size, uh, you know, there's no commitment beyond, I'm going to get to know you for one evening. I hope we have a great time. It's going to be fun. And, uh, and then, you know, getting to know great people and getting to know a bunch of them. You know, in our kissing and commitment video that just came out on our YouTube channel uh, last Friday, um, if you want to look that up, it's on Lily Tube. <clears throat> we talked about how you can, how it's important to be honest, of course, and it's even important to offer clarification as needed in a relationship um, to make sure that there's no misunderstandings as much as possible but that we can also be overly communicative. Like, you know, when I'd always tell Jeff, well, you know, this doesn't mean we're exclusive. You know, this doesn't mean we're exclusive. <laughs> like I needed to make sure he knew we were not exclusive, even though I think he wanted to be, well, I know he wanted to be a lot sooner than I was ready for that. So here's the thing with dating is that not always are people ready at the same time. And that can cause some conflict. Um, but I do think probably being erring on the side of making sure there aren't misunderstandings is, is generally a good thing as long as you don't overdo it. Right. I, you know, I think another way to think about this and, and, you know, you could refer to the book, uh, how to avoid, avoid marrying a jerk, but also there's another passage in, 
intentional courtship. And this is what it says. The commitments in dating begin small. We might agree to a single response in a messenger chat. That's a, a two-second commitment. If we enjoy the conversation, we continue back and forth. Maybe an hour or two commitment. At some point, I recommend soon you agree to spend a half hour together drinking soda or juice and get to know each other in person. That's the Latter-day Saint version of having coffee. So you spend half an hour or an hour getting to know them, and, and that's your total commitment is half an hour. While you are together, you might implicitly or explicitly agree to extend the conversation for an hour or two or longer. If you enjoy the first date, you might agree to a second. The commitments are progressively larger and more serious as you move forward. And so again, we want to say going, agreeing to go on a first date with someone is a commitment for one evening. Uh, agreeing to a messenger chat is for a few minutes. And, and the commitments grow as you get to know each other. And they may grow at different paces for different people. And this is where communication is really important because what is, feels comfortable for my progression might not be the same as someone else's. And, uh, <clears throat> but I really like this concept, Jeff, of deepening commitments, even, but, but starting very lightly. Now, I, I, I've made this observation in my coaching clients as we've been working through various um, healing processes and dating um, concerns. And I think that it's very common, especially for those who have been cheated on, those who've had disloyal partners in marriage, to approach dating with a lot of skepticism and mistrust, understandably, totally understandable. But it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for a, the progression of a relationship if, for instance, you see them as disloyal because your former partner was disloyal when they don't owe you loyalty. Right. I mean, someone dating two different girls on consecutive nights when these are first or second dates, well, gee, that's just a guy getting to know different people to see who he might want to move forward with. It doesn't mean he's a player. It doesn't mean he's not serious. And it doesn't mean that, that he's going to be a cheater. It means that while his options are open, he's taking advantage of that to meet new people. And so in that respect, he is serious. Well, and <clears throat> let's, let's go the other way. I know plenty of women who've had more than one date in a day. I right. was one of them. <laughs> and I know there are probably plenty of people I met that thought that I was disloyal based on their own previous experience and uh, maybe predispositions for that kind of judgment. But I'm one of the most loyal people you know, Jeff, right? Right. But when we were first dating, wasn't ready to commit. I right. just wasn't. And I think we all kind of know where we're at in that process, or at least we get to know ourselves as we date and how ready we are. Um, I wish we kind of could have like a, 
I don't know, a, a scale of one to a hundred on how ready we are. So we could all kind of match up with someone who has a similar readiness, <laughs> make things easier. <laughs> but I think we kind of learn as we go and we don't always know. And, and unfortunately we don't have that scale just automatically telling us like, you know, our cars, <clears throat> our cars, when, you know, they need to be filled up, they tell us they're empty. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes I wish we had some kind of meters for dating on ourselves, you know, to help us gauge <laughs> the interaction. And, you know, there are some people who are, who are just players and, and are just fooling around and not, not serious. I mean, that is out there. Well, and certainly that kind of serial dating is what maybe gets that term a bad rap or that concept of dating more than one person at a time is, you know, a lousy thing to do if, you know, if you do it poorly. I remember one guy I met at a mid-singles activity during my mid-single years. Um, and we became friends on Facebook. And I remember him discussing how playing games and flirting and all of that was just sort of part of the fun of dating. And it was almost like he had reduced it to a game where, you know, a cat and mouse kind of game where um, I'm going to pursue in a certain way, but I'm going to be coy. I'm going to play hard to get. And, and then, you know, uh, date everybody under the sun. And if you want to do that, I mean, I guess you can. Uh, I think it's only fair to be honest with your partners about it. And I don't think playing hide the ball or being coy is really uh, what we ought to be doing, especially in our middle years. I mean, we don't have a hundred years to waste, you know, playing around. And so, uh, Kathy, how can a person tell the difference between somebody who is looking at all their options, but willing to commit when they find the right person versus someone who's just, um, as David Sheen says in the candy store, you know, mm. just enjoying, um, the ego trip of having lots of scalps on his belt. Well, you know, I can picture someone kind of laying back and just say, Hey, yeah, I'm just, I'm just messing around, you know, and just kind of acting really casual in their responses to your questions. I think someone who is intentionally looking for their best match or maybe even someone who hasn't fully healed from their previous relationship and they know they're not ready for anything serious. I think they'll be a little more contemplative. I think they'll be more introspective. I think their answers will be more, maybe not serious, but they, it's, it will seem as though they have an energy of taking dating seriously, at least to the extent that they're able to. Right. I think another, you know, one of the questions we might ask in, in, if we wonder about that is when was your last serious relationship mm. and, uh, and how long did that last? And if they're looking at, oh, I went on two dates with someone a year ago. Yeah, I was serious. You know, then maybe, you know, they're playing around or they just don't date that much. And you can kind of discern that you can, you know, ask the right questions to figure out, 
is this someone who, who uh, is willing to get serious when a serious potential is raised with someone? Well, I would say that if that person has been in a marriage, like a long-term marriage before, now, now I, I say this with the caveat that if they're not healed, they might not ever get ready for a relationship if they don't, you know, allow themselves to, to be healed. But overall, I think that's a good indication that they're the relationship type, that they prefer to be loyal, loyal and committed, but right now they're not there yet. Right. Um, so yeah, kind of history in, in marriage as well as dating relationships. Yeah, I think, you know, Kathy's touched on a point earlier that I think we should also expand on a little bit because our history of, of marriage and prior relationships is an important indicator of, of how we're going to be. But I think we also have the issue that when we're used to being married and sometimes, unfortunately, used to being treated with disloyalty, uh, we we tend to look at someone who dates more than one person as a cheater or a two-timer or whatever. And I think that comes to some degree uh, from our habits of having been married and been exclusive and we're more comfortable that way. And also, frankly, of the trauma that we've already touched on, you know, where maybe you were married to a cheater and so you're really sensitive. Right. And this is that. where, you know, and this is kind of uh, another podcast, another day, but I, I just want to at least mention here that um, red flag versus our own personal trigger. It's really important for us to decipher which is which. Right. And I think generally you can consider it a red flag if you're not having an emotional response to it. You're just right. observing it like as an outsider and you're feeling peaceful and calm. If you're feeling really upset and triggered inside emotionally, it's probably your own personal trigger and there's some personal work and healing to do about it. Right. And I think one way to do that, it's not certainly not the only way, but one way to kind of discern the difference between the two is if the person, it, you ask yourself if the person's conduct standing alone would be troubling, or if you're just thinking it might be a hint that something worse is going to happen later. Right. Are you thinking about a past relationship when you make the judgments, or are you letting that person be their own person? Right. Like if the person uh, goes on a date with you and you've been out two or three times and he says, really, I'm, I'm only interested in getting to know you. I mean, we're, you know, I, I really feel good about where this is heading. And then the next night you happen to see him out at a restaurant with another girl. That's a red flag because he's been dishonest with you about unless his level it's of his commitment. sister. Right. I mean, so that's the thing that is you do want to give benefit of the doubt until you know right. the truth of a situation because you might not know. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's, um, that is objectively in and of itself troubling. It's not, oh, I saw him with another woman the next night when no promises had been made. 
that, you know, and some people will read into that. Well, that just shows that he can't settle down to one woman. Well, it shows no such thing. Well, it could be. It just shows that he didn't feel the same thing I did. And I thought we had an understanding. And that's the problem with dating is sometimes we think there's an understanding, but if it's not spoken, we don't right. know for sure. Right. And it's best to presume that you're not exclusive until somebody has said, hey, I'd really like to step our relationship up. Can we plan on seeing each other every Saturday or can we plan on uh, not dating anyone else for a while and just see how this goes? And if you, if you've had that conversation, then you have a right to expect that the other person will abide by it. If the other person has agreed. <laughs> right. If they've agreed to that, you have a right to expect that they will keep that commitment. And, and if they uh, haven't, then you can expect they won't. Right. And certainly can't be offended if they don't. Um, Although this is where personal boundaries come in. This is where you get to decide, um, is this person like worth it to be patient for? Um, or do I need to go another direction? And it's always up to each individual, whether they choose in or choose out at any time. I mean, even after marriage, all the time, we're always choosing. Right. Um, you know, I just wanted to mention, uh, I thought it might be fun to just bring up the love story and in intentional courtship. For those of you who have bought and read this book we wrote, um, would you'll know that our love story was not simple and quick or clear cut. It was not a direct path to <laughs> the temple not. altar. <laughs> um, like Jeff mentioned, he met me when he was more freshly out of his divorce, second divorce than I was. And he wasn't as ready uh, in a lot of ways as I was in terms of like you've talked about financially and career wise. And, you know, you were just, you know, you were trying to scramble and figure that out. Well, I was less ready emotionally and I was still figuring out how unready I was. Uh, I thought I was because it's what I really wanted. I really, really wanted like a third and forever final partner, you know, like a really successful relationship. But I asked God to tell me if this isn't going to be awesome, I want to know. And I kept getting no a lot, even with you, mm -hmm. <laughs> because and I think the no was probably because of the timing. The no was probably not yet. It, yeah, but I didn't know that at the time. So we ended our relationship a couple of times at that first year we dated. And then we went a whole year without dating each other, but building a friendship. And right. then um, ultimately, once we decided to get back together, we knew each other pretty well. And this is where I think gaining some acquaintances through casual dating can be a really big blessing because right. I really appreciated that I'd already known you for two years by the time we got married, but without having the temptation of being in a serious relationship that entire two years. You know, Kathy, I got a, a message from a friend of mine uh, who is also a mid-single, by the way, uh, who, this was just the other day, and he said, oh, I, I'm so glad that you didn't listen to my advice not to write that letter to Kathy and get back together with her. Um, but he had, you know, observed through me 
Kathy's what I used to call frenetic dating patterns, uh, where it seemed like she wanted to date every guy under the sun, you know, and that if I wanted to be serious or more serious than we were, um, it, it felt threatening to her. And he, uh, anyway, he made the point to me that, you know, I'm glad to have been wrong about her and, uh, glad you didn't listen to me. <laughs> and, uh, I think it, it illustrates though, that, you know, things that we might look at and say, uh, that looks scary to me. Oh, this person's dating everyone under the sun. And by the way, this guy had also had been cheated on in his marriage. And so he was sensitive to that issue. And, uh, and yet what he was worried about didn't really reflect who Kathy was. She was dating lots of people, but it was for the purpose of shopping around and see, trying to find the best match who she could then be serious and exclusive with. And, you know, date for marriage. And Jeff, as a result, gets to feel chosen. Correct. And I get to feel chosen because he dated a lot too. Right. I dated a lot of different people. And in fact, I was dating a couple of other people when I wrote a letter asking Kathy to date me for marriage. And for like, again, for those of you who have read the book, you'll know that I was dating a couple of people, but we had this rule that in our friendship that we didn't talk about who we were dating. So he had no idea. Right. Well, Jeff, I'm really glad you didn't listen to your friend. Me too. And I'll forever be grateful that what you did listen to was the spirit and your own personal instincts about our relationship and about me and the future we might have together. And ultimately, that's what we would counsel all our listeners to do is to make sure that you're first and foremost tuning into Heavenly Father, the spirit, your own wise mind, and determining your relationship decisions based on what you feel is best for you, because you are the one who lives with all of these choices you're making. Right. And uh, just to add to that. I hope we're not starting to sound like a broken record, but be intentional, be honest, and be clear. And remember that any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.